And we are back. Welcome back to another episode of the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. Hold on just a second. Had a burp there, but I didn't. I am Jesse, and on this podcast, we are going to unfortunately recap the Bengals' embarrassing loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers last Saturday. Positives, LOL. Negatives, a bunch of them. Also, what in the world happened to the Bengals' defense this year? And also, what the Bengals need to do in the offseason to get more physical to just to compete in the AFC North because... You look at the North right now, two teams are guaranteed going to make the playoffs in the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. Two top 10 defenses. And then you got the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are still a decent team on defense. Way better. Way better than the Cincinnati Bengals. This Bengals defense is absolutely horrendous. The regression has just been really, really sad to see, honestly, with Lou and Rumor and company. So, what do the Bengals need to do this offseason to get more physical in that area of the team? We'll talk about that. Also, since there's some fans out there that are still optimistic about the Bengals potentially having a shot to make the playoffs, we will dive into the Bengals' scenarios needing to make the playoffs and if they can sneak on if they can sneak on into the wild card spot, then I will drink a bottle of whatever liquor you guys want me to drink on this podcast if the Bengals somehow make the playoffs. And then we'll also preview the Bengals next football game is this Sunday against an old familiar foe in the Kansas City Chiefs on New Year's Eve. What better way to ring in 2024 with a battle against your AFC conference rival? And right now, the Chiefs aren't playing good football. So both teams are going to be edgy this week. It's going to be an edgy game. And honestly, I'm not really looking forward to it because honestly, I don't think the Bengals have a shot to win the game. But you never know. The NFL this year has been very weird. I'm doing this podcast solo because Tommy is very busy as all of you guys are with the holiday season, but I know he'll want me to say that just to keep the hope alive, I guess. I don't know where he's at right now when it comes to the Bengals. We talked during the game, and then we stopped talking because we didn't want to continue to watch the embarrassment and the nightmare show that the Bengals showed against the Pittsburgh Steelers last Saturday, but I know Tommy will say that. He, well, he did tell me this on a text. He's like, this is what I get for being optimistic because what Jake Browning has been doing before the Steelers game, okay, the Vikings come back and everything, I just thought that, okay, the Bengals are still in it and they might have a shot to make the playoffs and then they laid an egg, of biggest eggs against the Pittsburgh Steelers in just embarrassing fashion. This was embarrassing really is. So, I can I can understand why Tommy was very hesitant, very hesitant to try to get, to try to be hopeful for the season, being hopeful that the Bengals could potentially make the playoffs before this disaster game that happened last weekend. So, Guys, this is going to be the shortest boss girl recap ever. I'm just going to tell you guys the scoring summary. So, the Steelers Second play from scrimmage for the offense. They go 
two plays, 92 yards, 52 seconds. Mason Rudolph, who started for the Steelers, found George Pickens for 86 yards, 7 nothing Steelers. When that happened, I was like, this is going to be a long day for the Bengals. Before the game, pretty much half of the Bengals fans were saying, this is an easy win. Steelers are not good. And I was just like, shut up. I just... When they kept saying that, I was just like, nope, nope, this is going to be the total opposite of what Bengals fans expected. And unfortunately, my dreams were true when it comes to that. I did not expect the Steelers to kick the Bengals' asses, but I just had a feeling they were going to win this game. Steelers score in the second quarter. Calvin Austin, the third, seven-yard touchdown run. That drive took 10 plays, 80 yards, 5 minutes and 40 seconds off the clock. And then they scored again. Najee Harris, 3-yard touchdown run, 4 plays, 14 yards, minute 35 seconds off the clock. 21 nothing Steelers. And then just before halftime, Chris Boswell, who is always automatic against the Bengals when kicking, kicks a 50-yard field goal. 12 plays, 64 yards, 2 minutes and 14 seconds off the clock. Halftime. Steelers 24, Bengals nothing. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then the Bengals' first offensive drive of the second half. T. Higgins goes 80 yards. Pass from Jake Browning. First play. And then they get a two-point conversion. Browning found Joe Mixon on a flip. 24-8. I got a text message from somebody that said, Oh, look, the Bengals scored. You should turn on the game. I'm like, No. And then the Steelers, they come back. They go three plays, 75 yards, a minute and 33 seconds off the clock. Mason Rudolph, another long touchdown reception pass to George Pickens, 66 yards, 31-8. The game was over in halftime, but that was pretty much like game over. Final score, Steelers 34, Bengals 11. Just Absolutely ridiculous. If you want to see the final stats of the game, I'm trying to have this pulled up right now. Let's see. Team stats. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the Bengals had more total plays. The Steelers had 397 total yards. Bengals had 368. Both teams had 11 total drives. Bengals had 309 passing. Steelers had 284. Steelers had 113 on the ground. The Bengals had only 59. Red zone. Bengals were 0 for 3. Steelers were 2 for 3. Both teams had less penalties. But here's the killer right here. Three turnovers. The Bengals were minus 3 in the turnover margin. Time possession. Tommy loves that. The Bengals won that by 3 minutes, but it doesn't really matter. <sighs> Unbelievable. Jake Browning, 20. Sorry, 28 for 42 for 335, a touchdown and three picks. Joe Mixon had 11 carries for 43 yards. T. Higgins had five catches for 140 and a touchdown. Mason Rudolph, 17 for 27 for 290, two touchdowns. Najee Harris, 19 carries, 78 yards and one touchdown. And then George Pickens, who had a Jerry Rice game, four catches, 195 and two touchdowns. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's pretty much all I can say. 
I just, I don't understand why this Bengals team, right? They've had the injury just, they don't have any any injury luck this year at all, okay? But to not show up against your rival and for this team to not show up at all in the AFC North, the Bengals are 0-5 in the AFC North, ladies and gentlemen. 0-5. Are we serious right now? And against the rest of the league, the Bengals are 8-2. and two. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I really have nothing else to say <laughs> when it comes to this game. But the only positive that I got was that T. Higgins had another big game. Two touchdowns against the Vikings. Another touchdown here. That's pretty much it. With Jamar Chase being out with that shoulder injury, T. Higgins, T. Higgins needed to step up, and he did. He had a good game, but it didn't really matter because the Bengals got their asses kicked. So let's go to the negatives because there's a lot of them, and I just pretty much jot down the negatives that I pretty much wanted to talk about on this podcast episode. The defense. Oh, the Bengals defense. The Bengals defense. All year I've been saying that the Bengals, well, it's true. The Bengals defense cannot stop the run. The Bengals defense can't cover tight ends. The Bengals defense can't tackle. The Bengals defense give up so many explosive plays. I don't know why this defense is bad. They are thir- they're the 30th ranked defense in the NFL. Yes, Losing DJ Reader sucks, but you expected, even when DJ Reader was out there, guys, the Bengals' defense was still not good this year. It's not good enough. It's not. And you allow Mason Rudolph and George Pickens to have games like that in the first meeting against the Steelers in Cincinnati where the Steelers that week fired their offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. And you allow that team who haven't eclipsed the 400 total yards of offense in 59 games to go over 400 in your stadium and allow Kenneth Pickett just to sling the ball and Pat Fryermuth to go off like he's the second coming of Jeremy Shockey and allow Najee Harris to run the ball like he is freaking Willie Parker? Like, why? And in this game, you allow George Pickens, who is very talented, but he's had issues this year, and people are saying that he doesn't like to be, he doesn't doesn't want to be a stealer, doesn't like the locker room. You allow him to go off like he is freaking the second coming of Michael Irvin? Are you serious right now? That's what this Bengals defense will do to opposing offenses. If you're not doing well on offense, and and you're playing the Bengals your next game, and you're playing against that defense, oh, sign me up. Because that's going to be your game where it's like, all right, I'm going to get back in track. And that's what the Steelers did in this game. 
just absolutely pathetic. Like, what are we doing? Seriously. Like, every time I'm watching the Bengals play, I just feel like our corners just continue to just get gashed by these opposing opponents' receivers and our linebackers in Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. And I've said on this podcast this season, two of the most underrated linebackers in the league. Honestly, the second half of the season, they've looked absolutely horrible in our corners. I mean, we all thought that, okay, Mike Hilton, he's playing sort of better lately. And then Cheeto, Cheeto got dusted by Pickens in this one. And then our safety room with Dax Hill. Every time you think Dax Hill is in position to make a play, position to make an interception, he does the opposite. He runs over his teammate and then allows George Pickens to go 86 yards. It's like these things, man. And obviously we can't stop the run for nothing. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And you can't just say, well, not having Jesse Bates and Von Bell is the reason why this defense is really, really bad. No. Yes, there are big, big parts of this team's success over the last two seasons. But you can't tell me that losing those two is the reason why this defense is trash. No, you can't say that. That's just an excuse. This this defense has players on your team. And the fact that they're the 30th ranked defense in the NFL with players that are actually capable of being good, it's actually really sad. It really is. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I I really love Lou, the Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo. But man, what has happened? And you can say, oh, we're young and, you know, we just haven't played good. Or, you know, it's just, you know, we haven't been there. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I do believe this defense can be better next year. I really do. But they got to fix some things. They really, really do. Another negative. Jake Browning, he came back to earth. Okay. These last three games before this one against the Steelers, they've been he's been playing he was playing great football, okay? And then this one, just like his first start against the Steelers at home, he struggled. Couldn't see the field. But in this one, my man's his first interception, just like Jake, throw the ball away. And he said after the game that he was trying. I'm like, really, Jake? Really? You literally threw the ball up in the air and the ball didn't even go out of bounds. It was still in bounds. And the Steeler player caught it in the end zone. So, I think that Jake Browning is a solid backup. But he's a backup quarterback for a reason. I'm not saying he's trash, okay? He is not trash. It's just, for some reason, in the two games against the Steelers, it's... He just struggled. And in this one, he was really bad. That was his worst performance. I thought this I thought his first start against the Steelers is what I expected. 
But in this one, I thought he was going to be better, but he was, he was even worse. So that's unfortunate. But I do believe Jake Browning, he could be better this week against the Chiefs. I don't know. Chiefs have a really good defense. So that's concerning. So we'll see. And then, honestly, it felt like the team gave up in the first half. After they got down 14-0, I just can tell by the body language. They're like, yeah, we're not winning this game. Or it's like, nah. And it's like, that was the first time in the Joe Burrow era that I felt like this team was like waving a white flag. They won't say that, but it's just, I don't know. It just seemed very... It just it was different. It just felt like they were like, nah. They looked overwhelmed. They looked shocked. But the Steelers came in this game with a lot on the line, battling for a wild card spot. Like you knew they were gonna come out in this one. And I expected that from the Bengals. And we got the total opposite. So I I didn't know who that Bengals team on that field last Saturday in Pittsburgh. But it just felt like they were like going through the motions and they were like, yeah, this is not going to be our night. And pretty much packed it in in the first half. It just felt like that, in my opinion. So the play calling, everyone can say about the fourth and inches play. Yeah, why, why, are, you go- why are you in shotgun formation? Fourth and inches in the red zone. Run the ball. Run the ball, Zach. Run the ball. I didn't get that. But as you look at it in this spectrum, the Bengals offense, they did move the ball in this game, but they couldn't get points when they hit the red zone. That's why I said in the box score recap, they were 0 for 3. So the offense was moving the football. It's just they couldn't capitalize with points. So if you look at that as a maybe a positive that, okay, the offense is still moving the football. But when you get in the red zone, you got to score points. And against the Chiefs on Sunday, if somehow the Bengals do get the ball into the red zone, you got to score six. Can't set up for three against that offense. Even though the Chiefs offense has struggled this year, in any moment, in any moment, they can just blitz you and put up points. And I don't care who they got on the receivers. They still got Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. So Bengals offense need to score in the red zone given the opportunity. Okay, that's pretty much our... negatives (laughs) recap of the game and let's just move on okay screw that game throw that game into the trash burn it do whatever so I think I'm pretty much already talking about the Bengals defensive struggles this year I just don't think that losing Jesse Bates and Von Bell is the reason why this defense is garbage no no I don't know if the scheme I don't know, the players are just, I don't know, it just makes no sense. It's frustrating, and it's just frustrating where they're giving up so much yardage. 
especially from the air, especially those explosive plays, 30 plus, and those those opponents, they're making it look so easy. That's the frustrating thing. I don't I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. And I think the Bengals defense will be better next year, but they gotta do some improvements in the offseason. What is what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take for this team on the defensive side to be more physical to compete in AFC North? Okay? Where you got Roquan Smith, you got Miles Garrett, you got TJ Watt. You got defensive lines in that division who are really good. And they have the Bengals defensive line. It's pretty much Trey Hendrickson, and that's it. I like Sam Hubbard. He's a run stopper, but and I, I like DJ Reader. But do those players really fear you if you're an opposing team? Not really. The Bengals, I'm sorry, the Browns defensive line and the Ravens defensive line, that fears me if I'm the opposing opponent playing them. Not so much with the Bengals defensive line at all, except for Trey Hendrickson. Bengals just got to get some players in the offseason through free agency to get that defensive unit more nastier. I'm not not talking about... Getting like a Vontez Burfick, which honestly at this moment, if they can get Vontez Burfick, I don't give a shit. I mean, I'll trade penalties if, you know, this team can be at least intimidated in that front. For real. So, we'll talk about the offseason when it gets there. And I'll give you like my players that I want this team to get in free agency on the defensive side. Because it really needs to happen. It really, really, really does. Okay. Yes. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast. <clears throat> if you're an optimistic Bengals fan. The playoffs are still a possibility. I don't know the percentage right now. As I record this podcast on Thursday, December 8th. I'm sorry. December 28th. I was going to say what? 2023. So... ESPN has this AF NFL playoff machine. And I'm just going to go through the matchups in week 17. And these are, we got five games that are pretty much going to impact the Bengals. Now, the Bengals and Chiefs are playing at 425. The Bengals got two games in the early window, the one o'clock window, where they need these teams to win. And then going into the game against the Chiefs, they'll know, okay, here's what we stand in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But Bengals have to win their game, obviously, and then the rest will take care of itself. So the first game is a Thursday night game between the Jets at the Browns. Cleveland will win that game. And then Lions-Cowboys don't matter. Dolphins at Ravens. That should be the 425 game over the Bengals and Chiefs. <sighs> Ravens coming off a huge win over the Niners on Christmas Day. Ravens probably m- might not have Kyle Hamilton. Their outstanding safety. He has an injury. Zay Flowers was on the injury report for them this week. But who knows? They might play on Sunday. 
The Dolphins are the two seed right now in the AFC. It's a big game. But I think Baltimore has their eyes set on the one seed and clinching that. If somehow the Jets beat the Browns on Thursday night football in Cleveland, which they won't, but if they somehow do, the Ravens clinch the North because the Browns are still in it for the division title. They split the season series over the Ravens, winning the last matchup in Baltimore, coming back in that game. So I'm taking the Ravens over the Dolphins. Patriots, Bills. Right now, the Bills are the sixth seed. And if you're a Bengals fan, you need the Patriots to win that game. I don't trust that Bailey Zappi is going to go on the road and beat Buffalo. I just don't see that. So I'm taking the Bills. Let's see. Raiders at Colts. Man, the Raiders upsetting the Chiefs on Christmas Day. Interim head coach Antonio Pierce has that team feeling good about themselves. Colts coming off a win over the Falcons on the road. I think the Raiders continue to ride their momentum. I am taking Vegas. That helps the Bengals cause. Let's see. Jaguars at, I'm sorry, Panthers at Jaguars. Is Trevor Lawrence going to play? And honestly, you can say that 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 game could be intriguing. That could be the upset pick of the week. Panthers over the Jaguars. Cause honestly, I know Carolina's bad, but the last the last couple of games they've been competitive. I can see the Panthers winning that game, but I'm taking Jacksonville just because they they need a win. And they have to have this game. And the Panthers are still the Panthers. So I'm taking Jacksonville. <clears throat> Titans at Texans. Okay, C.J. Stroud is going to play, I think. He's been out the last two games with a concussion. The Titans, is Will Levis going to play? I don't know. They still got Derrick Henry. They blew a lead to the Seahawks last week at home. You know, I'm taking the Titans. I, I The Bengals need the Titans to win. So, <laughs> taking the Titans, even though C.J. Stroud could, is probably going to play. Okay, Steelers at Seahawks. Okay, now we're going to the 4 o'clock window games. I'm taking the Seahawks. I think the Steelers are mighty amazing against the Bengals, but everyone else, average. So, with the Steelers losing the Seahawks, right now the NFL playoff machine has the Bengals as the last wildcard spot Playing against the two-seed Dolphins. Holy hell, that matchup. I do not want it. Somehow the Bengals make the playoffs. All right, Bengals at Chiefs. If you guys want my honest opinion, I don't think the Bengals win this game against the Chiefs. But since there's optimistic Bengals fans that do follow this podcast, I will take the Bengals in that one. And then we got Chargers at Broncos. Russell Wilson's done for the year. I'm taking the Chargers. <clears throat> and then, okay. So we're not really worried about the NFC. So right now, as I completed this NFL playoff machine and I completed the pick'em games for Week 17, the Ravens are the one seed. We got seven seed Cincinnati versus second seed Dolphins. We got the six seed Bills at three seed Kansas City, and then we got the fifth seed Cleveland at the fourth seed Jacksonville. Let's go to Week 18. Steelers at Ravens. 
is Baltimore's. I think Baltimore's already clinched the number one seed and home field advantage throughout the AFC. So pretty much they're going to be resting their starters in that one. And then the Steelers obviously have to win this game. I'm taking Baltimore. (laughs) Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland's already clinched a playoff spot. And the Bengals have to win this game. So I'm taking Cincinnati. Titans. I'm sorry. Texans at Colts. Oh, man. You know what? I'm taking Houston in that one. Yeah. Chiefs at Chargers. Kansas City. Broncos at Raiders. Raiders. Bills at Dolphins. Oh, man. This game is going to decide the AFC East. Oh, man. that's This is tough. Buffalo is playing good football. Dolphins, they don't want to go on the road in their first playoff game. I'm taking Miami. I'm taking Miami. Ooh, okay. Jets pages don't matter. Jags. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Taking the Titans. I'm taking Tennessee. Okay. So, the NFL season has concluded in the NFL playoff machine. And here are the AFC seedings and the playoff matchups. So, the Ravens get the first round by in a number one seed throughout the AFC playoffs. The wildcard games... We have an AFC East edition. Seven seed Buffalo at two seed Miami. And then (laughs) the six seed Cincinnati Bengals at the three seed Kansas City Chiefs. Another playoff matchup with the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And then the fifth seed Cleveland Browns at the fourth seed Jacksonville Jaguars. Yo, that means that the AFC North gets three teams into the playoffs and AFC East get two teams in the playoffs. So that means that the Steelers are left out. Buffalo's left out. No, Buffalo's in. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it in that front. So (laughs) I don't know if this scenario is going to happen, but. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so let's preview the Bengals and Chiefs coming up on Sunday at 4.25 p.m. on New Year's Eve. So right now the Chiefs have lost three in a row at home. And that's very un- Chiefs like, especially in the Patrick Mahomes era, and their offense hasn't been looking like the Chiefs' offense that we know that have been playing the way they have been playing in recent years. This is the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that the Chiefs are actually vulnerable, but I am pretty much not falling for it because, like I said throughout this podcast, that 
if you're playing against the Bengals and you're playing against the Bengals defense, you can have a game where you can actually, you know, <laughs> this this is if this is a game where you want to like get your offense back on track and you're playing against the Bengals defense, which is really, 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 really bad, I think the Chiefs they can do that. They really can make this a game where it's like, okay, you know what? We haven't been playing Chiefs football, especially in the offensive end, all year. We sucked it up on Christmas Day. Let's just get back to let's get back to who we are. And what better way to do it at home against our AFC conference rival and against a defensive unit that is really, really bad. They still have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Isaiah Pacheco. I don't know if he's going to play because I think he's on concussion protocol. But we'll see how his availability. Them not having Jared McKinnon against the Raiders kind of hurt them. And their receiver unit is made up of players that don't know how to catch the football, a.k.a. Kadarius Toney. They still got Marquez Valdez-Scantley who at times can be a target for Mahomes, but at times can let down Patrick Mahomes. And then you got Rasheed Rice, who's actually been a player that Mahomes likes to throw the football a lot this year. And then their defense, they still got Chris Jones. They still got Ladarius Sneed. They got, they got McDuffie. Their defensive unit is probably one of the best units they've had since Mahomes has been here. So, all that being said, you can say that the Chiefs are vulnerable, but they're still the Super Bowl champs, and I don't really care how inefficient they've been on the offensive side. They can still light up in this game. They can put up 35 in this game if they want. The Bengals' defense doesn't show up in this game. It's it's going to be over in the first quarter. Like, I'm being dead serious about that. So what do the Bengals need to do to win this game? <laughs> how about get off to a how, how about get off to a fast start? Whoop. Okay, my bad. <laughs> how about get a how about get out to a fast start? Okay, and maybe when given the opportunity, like you when you get in the red zone, if it's not there. Throw the, throw the football away and just get points. But in this game, you have to score touchdowns. You have to. And you have to be the physical team. Because I know the Chiefs are going to come out swinging. They're mad. I hope the Bengals are mad. I don't know. But I know the Chiefs, they have championship pedigree on their team. They're defending Super Bowl champs. This is a big game for them. The division's on the line for them. They win this game. They win the AFC West. I just know that they're going to come out firing. And I know Mahomes is going to be just on fire. So, it's up to the Bengals to match that energy. I And I really hope they do. I really hope they do. And then on the defensive side, obviously, <laughs> you, you have to limit the explosive plays. And you have to limit Travis Kelsey. And what the Bengals don't do this year on defense is stop the opposing team's tight ends. It's been that bad this year. And Travis Kelsey, if this is a game where you want to have a huge game in front of your girlfriend, 
<laughs> no way to do it against the same Bengals defense. And I hate that I'm knocking down the Bengals defense, but it's actually, it's deserved because they've been that bad this year on that side. So you got limited explosive plays. I don't know how you're going to limit Travis Kelsey. You got to stop the run and you have to make the Chiefs receivers beat you. But then again, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs receivers, I'm like, this is a great game to pad my stats. And I just, I don't have any faith in the Bengals defense. They have to prove me right that they're going to come out in this game and be the more physical team. They got to prove me right. And I just don't see it. But we'll see. We'll see as we watch this football game. And then on offense, I think the Bengals need to run the football to create the pass. And like I said, I thought they did move the football pretty well against the Steelers, but they didn't capitalize with touchdowns or any points when they got their chances in the red zone. And then obviously Jake Browning, he needs to limit his turnovers. (laughs) If you... If you turn the ball over against the Chiefs, they will make you pay. Even with their offense being not as what they are supposed to be, they'll still make you pay, especially in this game. Especially with your defensive unit that is not really good. It's nails right there. And then we don't know if Jamar Chase is going to play. But he was on the practice field today. And he did talk to the media, and he's going to take it day by day, and he's going to let Zach Taylor know if he's going to be good to go on Sunday. Thankfully, they're not playing on a Saturday game because, honestly, I don't mind NFL doing Saturday games, but for the Bengals to play on back-to-back Saturdays, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't think that was right, but that's just me. But I think DeMar Chase could be a game-time decision. I don't know, but... If he still doesn't have the full range of motion in his shoulder, then I don't think he's going to play. But he says it's more of a mental thing than a pain thing. So we will see on that front. Big game. And if you guys want my prediction, if I'm being honest with you guys, okay? Being honest, I am an honest Bengals fan. I don't sugarcoat anything. I want to be optimistic, but also I'm being real. I just think that... The Chiefs are out looking for, they're, they're trying to get their get back, meaning they've, they're, they, they've, they've heard it all week, the media saying that Chiefs are vulnerable, Chiefs are non-contenders, they hear it, the Super Bowl champs, they hear it, and that's a bad thing for the Bengals, they have, the Bengals are the team that they have to face that Chiefs team that are hearing all the negativity from them, from the media. Great. Just great. So, if I have to have a prediction score, I will say Chiefs 34, Bengals 10. Sorry. I'm just being honest. <laughs> it's This Bengals defense is not good. I know I'm, I kept saying that a lot on this podcast right now, but it's just true. They're not good. If the Bengals defense was decent, then they have a shot to win this game. But they're not good, so it, it's, it's going to be a blowout, unfortunately. So not a, not a good way to ring in 2024. But if somehow the Bengals beat the Chiefs, 
I will go on this podcast drinking whatever liquor of choice you guys want me to have. So you just let me know if somehow they pull off the miracle and beat the Chiefs on New Year's Eve. Also, if you are watching this game, mute it. Because on the CBS broadcast crew, we get the number one announcing team. That's right. We get Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Romo's favorite receiver. I'm sorry. Favorite player. And Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they were announcing the game against the Raiders on Christmas Day last week. He sounded so deflated, Romo did, when the Chiefs lost. So, you're going to hear it all from him. Oh, Mahomes is back. Oh, he's playing the football. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. it's going to be. I'm going to have that game on mute. I really am. But the game could be over after the first quarter. I'm sorry for being negative, but I'm just being honest right now. (laughs) Okay, guys, that's pretty much it on my front. As always, there will be an interaction podcast after this game. And I don't know what time I'll do that interaction podcast. It could be a... It could be in 2024. It could be. But we will see. But yeah. Instant Reaction Podcast after the Bengals and Chiefs game. Somehow the Bengals win this game. If they pull off the miracles of miracles, I will be drinking on that Reaction Podcast. Let's see. Is there anything else? Nope. That's pretty much it. Let's hope that this team doesn't embarrass themselves on national television for the second straight week. I hope not. But if it does happen, then I'm just going to probably just not say anything <laughs> and just say it's what I expected. <laughs> Love you guys. Appreciate you guys always listening to this podcast throughout the whole year. It's been a blast. And I just can't wait to see what 2024 has in store on the depressed since Night Sports Fan Podcast. Let's hope. We end off 2023 on a good note. I don't know if that's possible with this Bengals team, but like I said, the NFL has been so, so weird this year that miracles do happen. So let's just maybe have that miracle be on the Bengals side on Sunday. I don't know. We will see. I'm out. Who day forever as always. Love you guys. Peace.